Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Ride podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell, Tyler on the boards. And folks, this is the last one of 23, right? Last one. Go. It's Christmas. Is it Christmas break time? New yeah. Year's time? Yes, it is. <laughs> I feel like it's been Christmas break time. <laughs> the rest of the world's just not catching up with me. Holidays have came on us quick, though. Yeah. I feel like it was just Thanksgiving. I mean, like those I feel few like it was weeks just Halloween. go so fast. Like right after Thanksgiving, it's like bam, it's Christmas and then New Year's, and you got to get right back into it. And it's kind of sad because I know it's fixing <clears> to be all over, and we're going to take the Christmas decorations down. They've and been up mm-hmm. since the first of November. <laughs> 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 it's the second week or whatever that first weekend was is when you. No, it was the second out. weekend. Oh, was it second? Yeah. It was after we went to the Mississippi State Kentucky game. Yeah. That's when Ashley decorates too. So she's like, as uh, soon as Halloween ends, put up the Christmas decorations. I feel like we get our money's worth. I mean, if I'm going to put that much effort into it, because it's a lot of work to put mm. that up, I'm not going to put it mm. up for two weeks. <laughs> We're going to put sense. it up and enjoy it. Have you ever like waited till the week of Christmas or like Christmas Eve to trim a tree? Um. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> In <laughs> my all, younger we years. We always had ours up. But usually it was after Thanksgiving. I don't remember yeah, as a kid yeah. having a Christmas tree before Thanksgiving. Me either. It was always the weekend after. Yeah, as an adult, I mean, the reason why is because you got so much going on. It's like the week after Thanksgiving, you're not going to be feel like doing it because you got to go somewhere, and then you got Christmas parties this next week. And before you know it, you're right here where okay, we are. Yeah. And if you're missing, if you're slipping now, they've probably already got the totes and stuff out at Walmart. Like they've, they've, <laughs> they've started clearing out the Christmas section. Hobby probably. Lobby's got the Easter egg stuff out. So, Malcolm, today I wanted to talk to you about your Holly Jolly Tri-Tip bite recipe. Holly Jolly Tri-Tips. What makes them Holly and Jolly, you think? You serve them at a Christmas party. Yeah, you serve them at a Christmas party. (laughs) No, I did. I did. uh, It's one of those Wagyu Tri-Tips. You don't have to use the Wagyu Tri-Tip, but. It's probably better if you didn't use the Wagyu Tri-Tip. I don't know. (laughs) Wagyu Tri-Tip, man, it's hard to beat. But that was what makes it special, extra special. And where did the Tri-Tip come from? From the butcher shop, Pensacola, Florida. My buddy Kevin down there. If y'all want to check out what he's got, I'm sure he's got some holiday specials going on. But go to his Facebook page, The Butcher Shop, S H O P P E. Yeah, Shopee. Shopee. In Pensacola, Florida. If you just Google Butcher Shop Pensacola, Florida, I'm sure we probably got a link up. to it somewhere on our stuff. I'm yeah. sure. Yep. But yeah, that's where I got the tri tip. And. So the idea was to have like an appetizer. So, you know, sometimes during holiday parties, you don't always do sit down type meals. It's like no. folks hanging out, having a good time, maybe having some libations, and then you want some more finger type food. So I was like, what could you do that was kind of fancy or kind of special? Yeah. with You know, but make it still holiday party food. And so that's how I got the idea to do those little Christini bites. And all it is is you'd get like a French baguette. And sometimes you can find them already sliced up and toasted in, in your little deli section or the bread section of your supermarket. But we didn't, the ones we found, we just, it was just a long baguette, cut it up and sliced it. And did you brush it with a little butter or olive yeah. oil that day? I think I've used both. You know what I like to do for toasting bread is that spritz butter. I know it's not really, butter. yeah, it's like an old butter, you know, margarine style, but it works really, really good. Cause it gets you a nice little even coat of an oil on top of your bread to toast. Mm-hmm. Cause see, sometimes when I drizzle olive oil on it, it's not even. Yeah. And then it gets soggy in places you get heavy and exactly. some of it don't get any. So the, the little spray stuff makes sense to me. Or if I don't have the spray stuff, I'll dip a little brush in and melted butter or oil and lightly brush it. But all you do is toast those and under broil in the oven. Yeah. I mean, that's the easiest way to do it. Be careful. Yeah. You can burn They will burn up quick. And you don't want to get them like, you want them not soggy. Like you got to get them toasted. That's what gives them kind of a little crunchiness. Because if you don't get them done enough or on one side, they're not really toasted. It's a little it's chewy. chewy. Yeah. Yeah. But I like them where it's like a little crunchy bite almost. Not not like croutons. I was going to say, you can take them yeah. too far. Yeah, you can take them to crouton stage, but don't take them that far. But It's almost like a little Goldilocks spot you got to hit with that bread. That's right. And then you take, I took boars and cheese, which you've never tried boars and cheese. It's like a fancy cream cheese, best way to put it. It's real spreadable. It comes in this little full like pouch when you buy it at the supermarket, and they have different ones. The, the ones I got was like the herb and garlic, I think. Yeah, it is delicious. It's, oh, it's so good. It's good on a cracker by itself. Yeah, what do you think about putting that on like a baked potato? 
I bet it would be really good. Like it'd be, the, yeah, it'd be kind of like a sour cream element, sour cream and cheese all in one. I don't see why it'd be bad. Oh, I'm going to try that next But time. that was the foundation. So you spread that on the little baguette and then take that medium rare tri-tip. And a lot of times those tri-tip slices are so big that you can cut them into like thirds. Because you just wanted a piece of meat to cover the, the cheese and the baguette. You don't want a big whole slice on it. And then I topped it with a little Christmas chimichurri that I made. And all it is is it's like a chimichurri rojo where you use a red pepper element inside with the cilantro and the parsley. And it just gives it that red. <clears throat> yeah, it just gives it a little red and green. A little festive green and red holiday look to it. So how'd you cook your tri-tip? I did a reverse sear on a Weber grill. So it started with like a two zone fire. Got me some good coal. What'd you season it with? Let's back it up. Oh, you super easy. Do, um, do you trim your tri-tips? Yes, I do. I like when I get them, and if they got a big fat cap on bottom, I'm gonna take it down. I don't mind some fat on it, but if it's you know, I'm gonna take off any silver skin. But most of the time, these ones that come from Kevin are pretty are trimmed pretty well, so you don't have to do a whole lot to them. But I have gotten tri tips where you gotta take off a lot of that silver skin and a lot of that fat that won't render. It's a different type fat. It's not that soft, flaky white fat. You know, it's like a thicker, slimier fat. Mm -hmm. You gotta get all that off of it. But if you leave just a little bit of fat, man, it's like brisket. It, it's good. It kind of melts a little bit yeah. and gives it some flavor. But all I did was take a little Woodshire binder. You could use whatever you wanted to just to help it give it a little color, a little flavor, and a little stickiness. Then I seasoned it with some of the hot barbecue rub, and then I come back over the top with some TX just to give it some, like, crunch to it, a little, little textures. All that is is coarse salts and coarse black peppers. And so it had this nice little texture on the outside, I got my two-zone fire going on the Weber kettle, and I seared it pretty much on all sides. And it only takes a few minutes, and you kind of flip it and let it go a couple minutes. But I really want to get that crust going, that, that tri-tip bark. And once I get it like that, I just take a probe in it and move it over to the cool side of the Weber and let it roll until it comes up to about I, – I like stopping it at 125 because it'll carry over about 5 to 7 degrees, and that's going to be right in that medium-rare range. And to me, that's perfect. That's perfect for tri-tip. Then you just rest it a little bit, um, at least 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. But I say at least 45. Yeah, it won't hurt you. Because, I mean, this, now this dish is also meant to be served at room temp. So, I mean, I love room, room temp mid-rare beef. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. And so you can slice it kind of thin if you want to. I mean, you can kind of get it however thickness you want. I usually, you know, kind of on the thinner side, not shaved or anything, but just a nice slice. And then split those slices up enough to fit on that baguette and top it with some of that chimichurri. Now, you do want to make that chimichurri several hours in advance. It needs to, it needs to kind before. of, yeah, even the day before will work for it. It just needs to come together and soften up those herbs that you put in there. And I usually start with like a bunch of cilantro and a bunch of flat leaf parsley. Chop those up pretty fine. Uh, I like putting a little shallot in it, a little garlic. And then it's, um, I just use red bell pepper, could diced up real fine to give it that red element and then hit it with the, some olive oil, some red wine vinegar, a um, little bit of salt and pepper to season it a little bit, and then squeeze some a little bit of citrus in it, like some lemon, maybe a little zest if you want to, but you don't have to zest it. That's just, that's that's a simple simple chimichurri, and it goes great with that beef, and it gives it that kind of Christmassy look. When you yeah, get it, it looks like baguette. a really fancy appetizer. Mm -hmm. And really, if you toasted your bread ahead of time and you did your um, chimichurri ahead of time. It's a really a quick assembly. Super fast assembly. I mean, you can even cook that tri-tip and hold it for a couple hours in a dry cooler. It'll be fine. I wouldn't slice it until right Dude, when you're getting ready to, but it's going to make a lot. I mean, you think like a tri-tip usually average about three pounds, but when you slice that up and you start breaking those slices down to go in a baguette, man, you're going to do three baguettes worth easy. Yeah. So you're gonna, you'll probably run out of boars and cheese and chimichurri before you would tri-tip doing it that way. Go ahead and have plenty of that boars and cheese. Yeah, get you two, get you two or three of them. Um, it only takes a little schmear, too. It don't take a whole lot. It ain't like you're cutting the block in force and put a whole lot that much on it. It's delicious. It's just your little cheesy glue, basically. It's it's delicious. The, those elements together are just... They go. Because I feel like the chimichurri kind of balances out the creamy richness of the, mm -hmm. of the boars and cheese and the meat, you know? Um, what if you don't have a tri-tip? What if you can't get your hands on a tri-tip? Oh, yeah, you could you, you could substitute pretty much any cut of beef you wanted to, just something that you keep on that medium rare. I mean, heck, you could use a ribeye steak if you wanted to, or sirloin makes a great choice. If you can find the flat iron, the flat iron's a flat great iron choice. Yeah. I mean, Denver steaks, hanger steaks. 
anything that you slice, even skirt steak would work. You know, you just want a nice little strip of it and kind of season it, but keep those seasonings simple. You know, you just need a little of that hot rub and a little t- salt and pepper to really give it a nice crust. If you were going to do like a skirt or a flat iron, would you marinate it? You don't have to. You I mean, you could. You could put. You could do like a dry brine, a dry marinade on it, where you just season it up and let it sit and let it pull out some moisture. But if you wanted to, heck yeah, you could. You could do it any kind of way you want. Go any direction. Like it, would, it would be great with deer meat. It'd be really. good I could see backstrap just like that little backstrap crostinis, fillet. Man, uh, you get you the beef tenderloin, cook it like that, and slice it thin. That might be a little overkill. <laughs> I love, but you know that rare to mid rare beef tenderloin sliced thin like that's really great for a party. Heck yeah! It goes <laughs> on like a meat meat board. Well, usually we serve that just by itself, and then like some rolls and some sauce mm-hmm. inside. But it'd make a great little appetizer too. So, um, in the community, someone was asking about they wanted some advice on prime rib. On Christmas Day, they're gonna they're attempting this their first time. They're gonna smoke an eleven pound prime rib roast boneless. Is there a general rule of thumb of time per pound? They're shooting for one twenty to one twenty five internal. I mean, from my experiences, it's probably gonna be about two and a half, three hours at two fifty. For eleven pounds? Yeah, for because that's typical. Like so you see them they're fifteen, sixteen pounds time if that's with the bone on it, time you cut out that bone and you probably got about eleven pounds of meat. But I would go ahead and use two probes if you have it. If you don't, it's no big deal. Just watch your internal temperatures and rotate it. But it doesn't take as long as you think to get it to medium rare because you're just talking about like I'd take it to like one twenty, one twenty five at the most. That's what they're yeah. that's what they're shooting for. They and were so, just looking for a time so they can plan for their guests. Oh, I would give myself four or five hours because it ain't gonna hurt it to rest. It'll be fine resting. I don't think I feel like when you say it'll so be fine So if I had so if I had to put a prime rib on, if I was serving it at five PM, yeah. I would put that thing on at noon. That way I know it's probably gonna be done three, three thirty, but that gives me an hour and a half rest before I know I wanna start slicing it. So that's plenty of time. But you need at least fifteen to thirty fifteen to thirty minutes. I don't think you're least. getting enough of a rest if you do fifteen to thirty. I mean, it's minimum. Yeah. Minimum. I wouldn't want to rush it up to time and take it off, but it, you know, you always got time to cook it. To me, to start the, earlier. The big beef meats like that that you're cooking rare, they need at least an hour, forty five minutes to an hour. We've done one. Long. You know, I did one. We went fishing one time. Me and Waylon and some of his buddies that he was working with, and I they'd want they'd got this prime rib. They said it was a prime rib on sale. <laughs> I don't know what cut <laughs> it was. It didn't look like prime rib. But I put it on, and it was like, Waylon forgot to give it to me, and we were leaving that morning to go fishing, and so I didn't get it on the pit till like, 7 a.m., and it only went till like, 9 o'clock, and then I had to full it up. and uh, So it was only on the pit two hours. It was a big one, too, and I folded it up you, after what, two What internal hours. did it get to? I wasn't even watching it. <laughs> I just knew I had two hours to cook, so I put it on 250 and started it, then wrapped it up really good and full and put it down in one of our Island Breeze coolers, and we took it to Arkansas. It was like a three-and-a-half-hour drive where we were. So when we got there, we fired up this little – I think I took the uh, Pit Barrel Junior with me. And I just put a fire in it and got it low and put that thing back on it. In an hour, when I probed it, it was perfect, 125. And I don't know what it was when I first – I mean, when I first stuck it in, it was like below 100 degrees. So it had been sitting for almost three-and-a-half hours, you know, before we got there and I got it back on and when I got to 125 it was perfect and then we let it rest till dinner when I took it off at 125 and it was I was like man these guys are like what did you do to this it's awesome and I said that's a long that's a long process there so you got to drive it three and a half hours before it's going to be good but I'm not scared to cook something put it in a you know wrap it up good put it in a cooler and transport it especially anything under four hours is all day I mean I don't think you're at a problem at all especially if you get something where to warm it up when you get there too to get it back to where you want it is there any cheaper options out there for prime rib? Yeah. Um, a lot of times you can find the, the the New York strip, the whole strip roast, cheaper than the beef ribeye roast. So that's one route you can go. Um, I don't know if I've round would be a substitute for ribeye or prime rib, but you can cook it rare and slice it like a beef roast thin, you know. Real thin. Like that, yeah. But it's it's a, little t- it's a lot tougher than a, what a ribeye would be. Um. Somebody else was asking about smoking a duck for Christmas. I've done them. They're uh, they're okay. I like mean, a whole duck. So the the big thing with a duck is you got to get you got to render that fat underneath the skin. 
So it's best. Is to, there a lot of fat underneath the yeah, skin of a duck? Ducks have a lot of lot of like fat more so than a chicken. I mean, <laughs> I think so. I think they got a lot because it's a smaller bird anyway. But then it's got a ton of fat on it. So my, most ones, of the times now, I don't know about your wild. The wild ones don't have as much, yeah. but I'm talking about like the I'm kind you can buy at the grocery store or whatever. Yeah. It's just a whole duck. And so what you do is you take you got to take like a jacquard or something to poke that fat, and then you gotta you gotta you gotta get it smoked, but you want to get it up high enough heat at the end that's going to render some more of that fat. Some people pour oil, dip it in oil to do it to crisp the skin up. Um, I've never tried that. I just tried raising that temp up, putting it in a hotter place on my pit to get to get that fat rendered where I want it. And it's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's the best thing I've ever done like that, but it's edible. It's not your favorite. I like the breast better out of the bird and doing stuff with them that way. You know, you can, you can reverse sear a duck breast and then sear it in some cast iron and some butter. And it's really, really good. But duck, so you don't have to cook duck near as far as you do say commercial chicken. Like, I mean, I like duck on the medium rare side. So, so you can eat that one. Yeah. Medium rare. Yeah. You can eat it. Duck, duck. Even as a whole bird, you would cook it medium rare? Um, I would probably, I mean, I'm not going to take it up to like 165 in the breast for sure. I'm probably going to take it to 130-ish and then get the skin super hot and see if I can get it crispy, get that fat rendered so it's, when I slice it, it's nice and juicy. Then you get a little crisp on you the outside. get a little crisp, yeah, on the outside. If you got a way to like put it on some kind of a rack and then just ladle some hot oil over it, that'll crisp it up too. Heck yeah, I bet it would. Makes it, it makes it really good. That's kind of how they do it when you see them on these like uh, Asian street food carts where they got ducks out there and they're roasting them. They're doing, you know, they're they're cooking them low at first and then they're putting them over the hot stuff. Usually, I've seen some people dip them in boiling water to, before they start to kind of go ahead and get that fat rendering underneath it, mm. and then they roast it the rest of the way or cook it on. I guess you cook it on a smoker at that point if you wanted to. I'd feel more comfortable dipping it in the bowl <clears throat> getting the hot oil over it at the end. Yeah, yeah that's what that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, so are there any things that you are wanting me to cook this Christmas? Man, I've got all kinds of holiday favorites that I love. It's probably going to be the cinnamon roll thing for Christmas breakfast and the, and the casserole. I'm, I'm always down for the husband's delight. <laughs> I wait, I wait all year to get those. It's been several years I've been waiting though. <laughs> I haven't cooked that one in a while. Do you know what that is, Tyler? No, I do. What do y'all call husband's delight? Or I've heard it called a bunch of different things: butter and sex cake, um, yum yum cake, or husband's delight. That's that's pretty much that's about top that's 30. pretty standard. You know? I haven't heard of any of those. You haven't heard so. of any of those? No. So basically, it's like a pecan butter sh- brown sugar crust that you bake a little bit. You par bake that. Isn't that what it is? I think it's yeah, pecans, yeah, yeah. brown sugar, and butter. You make that into like a batter and press it in the bottom of this dish and cook it a little bit so it gets crunchy and then it's like cream cheese it's like a cream cheese layer like a chocolate pudding layer and then like a cool whip type cream cheesy layer on top with like shaved pieces of either hershey's or or heath bar or something like that all over or butterfinger mm. you never had that nope it's oh, like, yeah it's a layered dish yeah when you google it what is it called um chocolate delight it might be called Mississippi say. Sin Cake, too, or something like that. That's a, another version of it, isn't it? That one has marshmallows it, in it, I oh, think. Oh, does it? Nah, I don't like that one. When I type in Husband's Delight into Google, all kinds of different casseroles come uh, up. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's not even dessert. It's mostly other type of casserole. But That's that an all-time Christmas favorite. It's, what about? It's like something you'd bring to a potluck. It's good, too. Yeah. Um, Somebody in our family always made it. They brought it. That's how I remembered as a kid. Uh, I haven't made any checks mix this year. No, Tyler brought us some. It's yeah, dang good. Did, it you make, good. did Ashley make it or did you make it? Ashley did it. Uh, yeah. I guess her friend at work passes it out every year. And this okay. year she was like, I want to try my own. So yeah. I don't know everything that went in. I wasn't there when she made it. I know it has like butter, hot sauce, uh, King Craw in it and stuff. There's a picture yeah. on the community. That's what, that's what I said. I said, they put the King Craw in this. Yeah. I could taste it. <laughs> it was good. My little favorite little thing is the bugles in it. Yeah, I love the bugles and the... Uh, uh, the little bagel bite. Thing. Yeah, the yeah. bagel. Those the little were bagel hard to chips. find. Yeah, those actually, were the those were the good ones. Those were like the bagel. They weren't the little hard, dark Melba toasted yeah. ones. The rye ones. <laughs> yeah, the rye crisp. Yeah, they were. That was really really good. It was good. 
Where'd she find the bagel crisp? I think she actually she substituted that in for uh, she wanted the rye crisp, but she couldn't find them, yeah. or the or the Walmart shopper couldn't find them, so yeah. substituted in the bagel crisp. It worked. Heck yeah, it worked. Glad y'all liked it. So usually, um, usually I make some by now, but I hadn't. I'm gonna make some this week. You've been on the the IR. Yeah, the IR, you're on the IR. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting you out of all kinds of stuff. Been hanging out with my fancy team too long. <laughs> I hadn't made any homemade sausage balls. I hadn't made any banana bread. Yeah. I, I do have to make banana bread because that's kind of, I give that as gifts. So I got to make that. So the, Oh, the pralines? Are you going to make pralines? I'm going to have to make at least one batch of homemade pralines for my mother. Yeah. Those are always really good at Christmas. Yeah. That's kind of, they're kind of difficult. That's really difficult to do one-handed. You're going to have to help me with that one. That is. That's, that's <laughs> a, you you got to have two two appendages to do that. You got to stir and drop. Yeah, yeah. It's a little stirring. Because your window to get it just right. I usually is. do the stirring and you do the dropping, but we might have to. I don't know how we do it this year. I don't know. You can't even hold the pot to. You might just have to coach. These may be really good pralines this year. It's what if I make them and they're better than yours? That would be it, the story it, of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is how you're supposed to do them. Doesn't the weather have to be just right? Like you can't have I don't if it's know. rainy or too much humidity outside, it'll mess it up. Because like, you got to get it to the perfect candy stage. It's like certain. Yeah, it's an art too, praline. And yeah, it's a certain temperature you got to get it to. And you know what I do? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna throw all that stuff in the pot. Was it sugar, brown sugar and vanilla and butter? Yep. It's just pretty much like a caramel. It right? is. It's kind of a. And then caramel. throw your pecans in, stir them up, turn them out. That's all I'm gonna do. I've seen Phil Robinson doing it <laughs> on like one of his posts. So if he could do it, surely I can make a praline. So one thing I wanted to do, you know how um, you love those little ba- mini quiches? Yeah, the little appetizer? Yeah. That you get like froze at Costco? Yeah, but they're not as good. I was thinking about what if we tried to home make How do you make the, quiches? is it just like you got to buy the little quiche shell or how do you do that? Well, they do sell like a mini pie shell. Yeah. I was thinking about you using that. I like say the little phyllo, the little. Yeah, you could use those little phyllo shells. super light ones. I figured those would be too crunchy for the quiche. Those would be good with like a a, a crawfish dip or, or a shrimp mm, dip. Yeah. You put a little bit of that in each one. Ooh, yeah. Put a that piece of shrimp on top of it or something. Ooh, yeah. That'd be a great appetizer. Yeah. Be you easy could, too. You could get that assembled beforehand, put it in the fridge. You know, a good way to do smoked cream cheese and serve it too, because you could smoke your cream cheese and then take a little scoop of it and put it in each little phyllo and top it with a little Rodney's or a glaze, like a Heath's new glaze or something. Yeah. Um. So we are definitely going to do some smoked cream cheese this year. But on the community, somebody had posted that they did a uh, they have a smoked cream cheese holder, and it basically looks like a big spatula mm-hmm. that perfectly fits a um, block of cream cheese on the base part. And you put that in your smoker and you smoke it. Or you it, cook it on top of that. Like you unwrap the cream cheese and put it on this little deal. And it kind of looks like a big spatula where, you know, the handle comes up. But then when you pull it off, the, the handle part has a little hole that puts a, a, a little knife, a oh, cheese yeah. knife in it. So you just set it out. Just like that. Serve it right on. Because that's right the thing. That. Cream cheese, you can't move it. Yeah, exactly. When I do it. I'll usually do it in a, cre- in a cast iron skillet and just serve it in that. Because it's not It's not like you can pick it up really good or slide something under. It's going to tear it all up. Exactly. So this, you just put on the pit as is, pull it off the pit, and serve it off the somebody That make a good Christmas gift. It would make a great Christmas gift. Or a host gift. Like if you got to go to somebody's party. I want one. That. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you figure out where you could order it from? No, no, no. I just saw it. But it was really, it was really cool. So we're definitely gonna do cream cheese. Oh, once you, you'll never. Why serve a cold cream cheese dip with like pepper jelly spread over it when you can throw throw a little seasoning on it, score it, and put it on the smoker? Smoke, so smoke better. cream cheese is game changer. I don't know why I haven't been doing that like all my life. <laughs> How <laughs> why is it so good? I bet it's good in the oven. We've never tried just to do it in the oven. Yeah. I bet it's good in the oven like that. You do get a little mild smokiness when you put but it on the But it's not pit. super strong. Yeah. You're going to miss that in the oven, I guess. Do you like smoked cheese better or do you like smoked cream cheese better? Oh, smoked cream cheese. I think so, too. Smoked cheese is okay. and It makes good gifts, too. But Sometimes it can be too just, smoky. Yeah. What we, I'm with you, but smoked bought, cream cheese is always good. I bought a cheese advent calendar. 
for me and Malcolm to try. And like two or three of the uh, cheeses were a little Yeah, strong. they were a little strong, aren't they? I like a good stout cheese, but man. I don't know when they loaded that advent up or where they loaded it. We <laughs> kind of forgot about it. It's in the back of the fridge now. We did like yeah, that was I like the three. chocolate one way better. <laughs> the chocolate advent, yeah, yeah. Well, they were really reaching with twenty four different kinds of cheeses. Like, yeah, yeah. That's and I think hard. it's duplicate cheeses. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been impressed with any of them. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> There's one that I was even like, yeah, you can have the rest of that one. <laughs> Did you did you do advent calendars as a kid? Heck no. We never. Yeah, I never had one. Did you talk? Is that, no, is that no we thing? never. I used to watch it on a uh, Christmas vacation. You know, yeah, well, they, they opened open up the little up, thing, and I always wanted one. See, I didn't. I always thought it was just a decoration. I didn't know that they had little surprises. In yeah, it. I guess on Christmas vacation, first one I ever got was probably like this booze one. It was like all these little bitty shot bottles. <laughs> In a, in a Advent thing Seems they used to right. sell. I can get down with that one. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, but it had a bunch of weird stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. That's how they get rid of the stuff they don't Yeah. Want. It wasn't like it was good stuff in it. I feel like normal Advent calendars are just gifts for, like, grandparents to buy grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> it's a good gimmick gift. It's like getting a fruitcake. One year I got Y'all eat fruitcake? My grandmother used to do a fruitcake, but it wasn't a baked fruitcake. It was like a... What was it? It was like uh, a sweetened condensed milk mixed with some. I'm not sure all what she put in there. But was it cake like? Because you had to keep it in the fridge, and it was yeah. in like a loaf, and you just cut a little piece off and ate it. Yeah, I forgot what all was in it, but she never baked it. But that was the only fruit cake that I've ever had. Fruit cake's like horrible banana bread. Yeah, like but it was like <laughs> stuff in it, like bad gummies, not good gummies, mm-hmm. like bad gummies, big pieces of nuts. Like I don't know what all they put in it, but it is not. And then they, they would usually put rum or something in it. I mean, I don't. I like rum cake, but fruit cake I could not get down with. I mean, I've never had one. Of, really, you probably couldn't call hers fruit cake because it wasn't a cake. We it was more buy, like candy. we gotta buy a fruit cake and try it just to have it. I don't know if Michael's ever had one. A, like the old one that comes in the tin that you would see at everybody's grandma's uh, house. Yeah, and nobody ever ate it. <laughs> it was hard and brown. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody on TikTok doing kind of a monkey bread, you know? Yeah, like with the, in the bunt pan thing? Yeah. yeah. But they didn't do the cinnamon and the sugar and everything. It was savory. It was garlic and cheese and pepperonis and Yeah, I know mozzarella. exactly what you're talking about. You I put all, you, you toss all that. Like, I saw them take, they took biscuits. Yeah. Like flaky, buttery biscuits and cut them into quarters and then rolled them in little balls and then mixed all that stuff up in a bowl. It was like, like you said, stick a stick or two of butter and mm-hmm. fresh garlic and Parmesan cheese and whole bag of pepperonis chopped up and then greased a butt pan, mixed all that up and dumped it in that butt pan and baked it and turned it out and set a bowl of marinara in the middle of it. Yes. It's so easy. I want to do that. That's going to be one of my recipes. You can do that for Michael. You and Michael can do that one. Okay. You're not into it? I mean, I'm sure it's good. <laughs> He's going to be making them pralines. Yeah, I'm going to be making them <laughs> award-winning pralines. Pralines. So I saw this other recipe that I'm very interested in. They called, They said it's their family's, like, best recipe. And they're called Krabby's. What's a Krabby? They take an English muffin, open it up, and they mix up butter, Old English cheese bread, mayo, some seasoning, and then they use crab meat in a can. Have you ever this, seen crab meat in a can? This does not sound like it's going somewhere <laughs> good, you <Jill. laughs> And they spread it on the English muffin and baked it. Why English muffin? I don't know. Uh, and they're called Krabbies, huh? And then when they come out, they just cut them That's into a like hard triangles. Pass. That's a hard pass for me. <laughs> what if I called them Shrimpies? Stranded <laughs> Shrimp. <laughs> Crawdaddies or something? Yeah. Would you try them in? I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I mean, I'd try it, but it's got to be something better. <laughs> Sounds like a hot tuna sandwich or something. <laughs> Did it have cheese in it too? Yeah, old English, old English cheese bread. The, the oh no, <laughs> that and crab meat, old English cheese and crab meat and blue plate mayonnaise. I feel like most of that would disintegrate whenever you cooked it, right? They look. It would be oily, I bet. Yeah, I guess that's what you need the English muffin for. Maybe so. Them. It stands up to it, can soak <laughs> up all the. Oh, you're not the least bit curious. No, 
I, I mean, especially canned crab. You ever smelled that stuff? Mm-mm, I've never seen. Man, I really didn't out. know they did it until I saw. Yeah, that. it's right next to the canned salmon. What it, to make salmon patties with? <laughs> what if I did the salmonies? No. Oh. <laughs> Sardinis. I guess you could do that. <laughs> I'm not trying to eat that stuff. You can, I'm, you, count me out on the on the processed seafood. I think Smokey can tap in from out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not down with that. What if I use the good crab meat? Still, like the lump blue crab. I'd come closer to trying it like that, but it's just. I'd rather have a crab uh, crab cake. Yeah. If you're gonna do if you're gonna go to all that trouble mixing stuff with it, omit the old English cheese, add a little breadcrumb and an egg, fry it in a little butter in a pan. Saute it. They look pretty good to me. I can see you eating, honestly. <laughs> and then I saw somebody doing the, you know how we were talking about spinach dip last week? They actually have a recipe for hot spinach dip. You kind of take that, add a little garlic. Um, What's the difference in add that? Add some like, cheese and bake it. I mean, it's like we do spinach and artichoke dip, right? Kind of, but there's no artichoke in it. And yeah. you use that Nor seasoning pack and stuff. Oh, you add that to it, too? Yeah. yeah. It's basically the same recipe with gar- garlic. You wouldn't use the mayonnaise, would you? Yeah, they use the mayonnaise sure. and the sour cream. Added cheese and gar- garlic to it. Yeah, and- I'd, I'd try that. I'm wondering how oily it'll be. Probably it would be. I just know if you use that much mayonnaise, it, it goes. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of mayonnaise. And what kind of mayonnaise are they using? <laughs> I bet you that they ought to be using blue plate. They're going to use, if they want a quality mayonnaise since 1927, they need to choose real man- mayonnaise. Choose the blue plate. If you're choosing mayonnaise this Christmas holiday season, <laughs> make sure it's blue plate. By the gallon. What is your favorite blue plate Christmas recipe? I don't know. Favorite one? Pimento cheese. Crack, crack dip. Crack dip. Yeah. What's crack dip? Man, it's probably one of the best dips on the planet with, with like, Ruffles potato chips, too. you got to have those. Do you know what it is? Mayo, sour cream, cheese, bacon, green onion, ranch packet. That's pretty much that's it. it <laughs> a little seasoning, a little yeah. hot sauce. Uh, that's usually, yeah, sometimes you put a little hot sauce in it, but it's pretty much mayonnaise and sour cream with a lot of cheddar shredded cheese and a whole pound of crumbled bacon, some green onions, and a packet of ranch. Mix it all up and let it sit. Some people put uh, cream cheese in it, but I don't like it with cream cheese. I use cheddar cheese on mine. Yeah. Like top it and add it to it. But that's a great, that's an easy dip. You know, usually I've had some of that since during football season, but we had not had none this year. So it's about to be a Christmas thing. Christmas crack dip. It could be Christmas crack dip. I love cheese balls. Have you ever done the mini versions? I no. do like those. That sounds awesome, though. Like, I remember you talking about it, like, last year, I think, yeah. and I wanted to try it, and I just forgot. They're you like do. little meatballs, but it's all cheese with little stuff on the outside, like bacon or nuts or something. And you can stick, like, a pretzel in it if you want to. Do y'all, do put, do y'all put nuts in your cheese balls? I'm not mm. a big fan of cheese ball nuts in my cheese balls. Mm-hmm. That's what fine. do you like to use? Mine's more like a loaded, Double. like, baked potato. Like, yeah. bacon, green onions, uh more cheese on the outside like that kind of thing yeah. not really a nuts guy either um malcolm does one that's like a garlic cheese roll yeah i call them i call them uh what is it cheese garlic garlic cheese logs yeah where you take you and that's take, that old english you got to use the old english cheese and you got to use some regular cheese and then it's uh butter and you mix it all up and you roll them up in parchment paper then you kind of spread out some paprika and then take it out and kind of roll it in there and it makes this log and you let it firm back up and you slice it. It's sliceable almost. Not just, it's not just like a spread. And it's really good on crackers. Really good. Yeah. I'm going to have to try Garlic cheese logs. I like. It's like an old ladies auxiliary thing. (laughs) I remember as a kid. But people love it. Oh yeah. Every time I've made it for them. That stuff, that's something you would get sick on if you eat too much. Where do you find the old English cheese at? They have this a, time of year, it's out more. Same aisles of Velveeta. <laughs> oh, okay. Right up above it. I want to say, does Kraft make old English cheese? I think so. I think sometimes it's, you see it called pub cheese, but it's the same thing. It's like the little cheese that's in the little cracker tray with the little red stick, like the little yeah. snack. That's what that cheese reminds me of. It's shelf-stable cheese. 
I'm going to have to try that this year. That sounds I'll good. have to send you that re- the exact recipe for the garlic cheese logs because I usually make those at Christmas too when we have company come over. Have you ever bought the old English cheese? I need to go ahead and buy it. We... Outside of Christmas? No. <laughs> have you? No. <laughs> I like that chip chip beef cheese. Oh, I hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a thing on it the other day, and apparently you're supposed to soak that stuff in water and like change the water out. And like then, because like when they opened it up, it wasn't all chipped up. It was like, I guess it was called dehydrated beef or something mm-hmm. like that. But it looked like slices of salami or something. They put it in a bowl of water and it rehydrated all of it. Then they kind of drained it and then chopped it up. And it doesn't make your cheese ball so salty. Because every time I've had that, there's so much salt in that thing, you can't already eat it. That might be why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Like cream cheese and chip, like cut up beef on the outside? You mix it in it? You mix it in it. Green what onions. Else? Yeah. White and green, if I remember right. Yeah. I don't have the recipe in front of me, but. It's kind of like the one my mom used to make with the dehydrated beef and stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah that one and the tuna ball, you can keep both those. I'm Ooh. not into the tuna ball I don't either. know about that. Yeah. Tuna. Man, my mom likes to make the tuna balls. My brother likes it. Does man. she make one that has pineapple in it, too? I don't know. I don't. I ain't going near a tuna ball. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'll eat a pack of tuna. You know, I eat them for lunch all the time. I like it. I'll eat the old-fashioned tuna fish sandwich here and there, not very often. In summertime, but I like to make summertime's a, is a perfect time to eat I tuna like fish to make sandwich. a tuna fish salad. But in no way, shape, form, or fashion should it be a holiday treat, <laughs> <laughs> eating, the, eating the tuna ball. So that's what you serve people you don't like. <laughs> what would you rather eat? You have to eat either the crabby or the tuna ball. Oh, God. <laughs> Man, I'm going to try that crabby just to see. <laughs> I don't know, though. The crabby's hot. The well, because you you also supposed to put liquid smoke in the tuna ball, and that just ruins it for me. I hate liquid smoke. I, mean, I don't know how anybody come up. Whoever came up with that recipe, man, bless them. There's so much going on. They don't wrong. know what they're doing. They had to be on hard times if we all, if we get down to the tuna, the liquid smoke, and the cream cheese. <laughs> it is hard times. You can't find, you can't make it to a store. You're stu- you're snowed in somewhere. You just no gotta make some yeah. holiday Christmas this magic all we happen. Got. I don't even think it was for a party. They must have been starving <laughs> to have to eat tuna, cream cheese, and liquid smoke. It's like a 1970s recipe. Uh, they did some weird stuff back then. Uh, crab rangoon cheese ball. I saw that one the other day. I like crab rangoon. It sounded really good, and then you serve it with like crispy wonton wrappers. Yeah, for the chip. Yeah, part for of the it. chip part of it. Rangoons are good. What about just a typical like regular cheese ball? Oh, I'm down with those. Just no chip beef. Yeah, I'm down with those. I don't know why you need that dehydrated beef in it that you rehydrate. <laughs> I didn't know you're supposed to rehydrate it. <laughs> I might be doing it wrong. Or you just think cooking it is Oh no, I mean it's it's fully cooked or dehydrated, I guess. No, I'm saying just the act of cooking it is wrong. Yeah. There's a lot better there's a lot better cheese balls out there than that one. What's your favorite cheese ball? I mean just the old standard. The old yellow cheese ball with some, you know, I like the bacon on the outside as a and the green onions yeah. as opposed to the uh, nuts, but that's that's the one I like. I'm down with all the cheeses, pretty much. What about Christmas Eve punch? Mm, we never did that. I mean, you see it every once in a while, like if you went to a party. Y'all, it was something that I, y'all would do on Christmas Eve with your family. Mm-hmm. It's always that green sherbet Eve. I gotta punch. get the green sherbet. I gotta put that on my list. You you better buy it now out. because that's. That's like the old English cheese, Tyler. If you don't go ahead and get your sherbet and your old English canned cheese, you're going to be out of luck. <laughs> they only make 150 of them. Once they're gone, they're gone. What's your favorite drink of the season? <sighs> when you think of, like, enjoying Christmas, what are you drinking? Do you like eggnog? You're not a big no, eggnog. I don't like I mean, I'll have a little of it, but it's not my choice. I'm, You know, I like the cranberry Sprite with the... Hot Tito's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my jam. But that's I mean, really good. I've been on, I've been on a little whiskey and diet, diet Pepsi, Pepsi Zero. That's not a holiday drink. It's though. not a holiday drink. Bloody Mary in the morning, maybe. I don't really have a holiday that I my go to. Like if if, we're, if people are coming over or something like that, I'm probably gonna have a bourbon. 
We make punch sometimes. Margaritas. I like I like to make homemade margaritas, but not the frozen kind. The kind where you shot of tequila, half a shot of Grand Marier, uh, some, a little bit of lime juice, a little bit of simple syrup. That's it. That's it. That's, That's it. Really good. Splash margarita. of splash of Mexican beer. I like um, getting cider and adding Jack Fire to it. No, you're down. I, I call that your Christmas parade punch. <laughs> Especially if it's hot. You can you can heat that cider up and put it in like a, a insulated carrier, like a Getty or a Stanley or something like that, and it keeps that stuff super hot. And then you have your little Jack Fire or your Fireball shot, and you sip it in a coffee cup. It's a really good one. Have you ever had like real eggnog, like where they make it from? No, I never have. And whiskey. Have you? Uh-uh. It can't be good. I like you know when I buy it. Typically, I'll buy the bulk custard instead of the eggnog. That's just what we always had at my house. What's the difference? I don't know. I don't either. I imagine they both have eggs, right? I was I was guessing the custard has an egg in it. Surely, right? Well, yeah. it's like it's like pudding kind of don't set. <laughs> yeah. It's super thick, and like when you try to mix it up with whiskey, it just to me it don't go good. It, well, do you drink? Um, you know what's really white good? Russians. Oh yeah, I like a white Russian though. I mean, it's been a long time since I had one, but that's kind of Christmassy, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. A little bit. I bet you could make that with the, um, what's the the vodka that I like, the Pinnacle Whipped. Make a white Russian with that, and it'd be like a snowman drink or something. That's a good idea. Yeah, I might have to come up with one of those. Maybe that'd be my holiday drink of the year. The snowman. Abominable. Are you going <laughs> <laughs> to put milk in yeah, vodka? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what? Is that what? It's usually Kahlua, milk, and vodka, or cream, heavy cream and vodka. I guess that's what's in it. It'd be an easy drink to do. Seems like whiskey would go better. Uh, it might. Never tried it. Instead of vodka, you mean? I don't know about whiskey and milk. Yeah. But that sound. But whiskey and I mean vodka and milk. Oh yeah, vodka milk goes. Oh, did you see the milk marinated brisket? No. They were. It was on the community. Did you see it, Tyler? I did not. Oh, wait. I did. I did. Dano's made it, right? Maybe, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It was a Dano's recipe, and he marinated a whole brisket. For how long? That I don't know. I don't know the time. I didn't see the time. Was it like regular milk or buttermilk? No, it was like a gallon of red top. Okay. He put put his brisket in like a, you know, a marinating Mm -hmm. bucket, poured a gallon of red top on top. Oh, I wonder what it did to it. It looked rough. Yeah, it looked rough when he pulled it out. Yeah. He yeah. said it was a little dry, but... Really? Like it took out some moisture? I don't know. But you never know. It could have been the brisket. That yeah, died, yeah. You know? Would you That's milk... That's mar- Yeah. I mean, you use milk for marinating some things, don't you? I mean, I've I've used buttermilk for like game. I've never used it on beef. Ever? I don't think so. I don't think I've... I can't remember the time I ever put buttermilk like in a steak or something like that. But the buttermilk is for the enzymes. Yeah, yeah, your enzymes right? breaking it down. I've put, I've put like catfish in buttermilk or fried chicken in buttermilk just to try it. But you don't get uh, that action with just regular milk, do you? I don't know. I'm sure it's got some kind of enzymes or something to it that'll do something. But I hadn't, I mean, I don't know. I don't. It don't sound too good, <laughs> does it? <laughs> Might be doing it wrong. Um, I think you'd have to leave it in there almost like a brine for it to do anything. Like, if you just put a whole brisket in, some, in milk for a few hours, it ain't going to have time to do anything. <laughs> it's just going to get it a little milky. It's going to yeah. get it milky, yeah. How long would you leave it? <laughs> if you uh, maybe two days or something. Uh, 24 hours at least, start there. I don't know. Is ve- like veal? Do they? I'm trying to think. I don't, I've never really cooked much veal, but I don't, can't remember. I don't know if they marinate veal in milk. Seems like they to do. get it soft. To me, it would change the texture. You know how that? You know how veal looks? How it's got that light pink color? It's not like a deep red. I wondered if the brisket would do like if it, if you left it in there long enough, if it would do something like that to it. I'm not, it's really altering the muscles of the meat. I don't like veal that much. Yeah, it I'm not crazy. But the, it's a texture thing. Yeah, it's a texture thing. I don't it's, see it being all that. I'd much rather have a ribeye. Mm-hmm. And I've had it at some pretty, I had it at Porch and Parlor. I was like, mm. Not the best. Yeah. I wasted my order. 
Because it sounded fancy? Yeah, it sounded oh, fancy. Bill. I think it was on special or something. That just means they were trying to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got a deal on some out-of-date veal. <laughs> <laughs> so Daryl from the community has a question. He said, on Christmas Eve, I'm going to do a pulled ham and a pulled bo- pulled pork butt. Um, I guess he had a terrible turkey experience on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And he's trying to redeem himself. Anyway, so he wants some advice on how to do pulled ham and a pulled bo- pork butt. He's going to be using a pit boss. Well. what is So what is pulled ham, and how do you cook pulled ham? You buy a ham, not a spiral sliced one. And you put some smoke on it on the outside. Just like a double smoke like normal. And then you wrap that dude up. A lot of times people put it in like a bigger aluminum pan, put some juice and stuff in there with it to break it down. And basically you're braising it till it falls apart. How long does that take? Um, It's going to take as long as it does to cook a butt. Okay. I mean, it's still, you're still looking, you know, seven, eight hours. It's not like it's any faster. So they could easily cook alongside each other? Yeah, you could. I'm just worried about depending on how big his pellet grill is, if you're going to have enough room. Because you got a crowd in it, it's not going to do us right. But uh, it says a pit boss Austin XL. Yeah, that's probably big enough, I'd imagine, to hold a butt and a ham. But that's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, I would I, the butt. I'd probably do the overnight low and slow butt. But the ham, I don't know if you're. I mean, you could try that. I've never done it. I've only I've only done one where I've cooked it in like three or four hours. Wrapped it up and then cooked it another three or four hours till it was till I could take forks and just shred it apart because that's the whole thing. You you're taking it way longer than you want to for a ham, but it is pretty good. It is pretty good. It's kind of shredded shredded ham, you know. You like it with like collard greens? Yeah, I like I like doing it for New Year's where you're eating your greens and your black eyed peas with it and all that stuff. It's really really good. I've never done it just like to serve as barbecue or a sandwich or something like that. It would go good with beans or vegetables or something but it's 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 good it's just different it's a little different but i wouldn't do too much seasoning on it because it's going to be salty because ham has got so much sodium to it to turn into a ham it's cured so do you go straight to braising it or did you say no i usually put some smoke on it first and get get some color because it kind of makes a little bark on the outside and then and you can find those hams like usually for around a dollar 19 a pound now it's just like the shank half ham or the butt butt portion of a half ham. And you can score it if you want to a little bit. And you don't have to worry about glazing it or anything. You just put it on there, smoke it till the you know, you get some nice color on the outside, and then wrap it up and then add some you know, you could add the apple juice, you could add any kind of, you know, moisture you wanted to in there with it. You could add chicken stock, or if you had a pork stock, you could put a little pork stock in there. But you need something to create that steam and to help that ham really cook down and to be really tender. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to cook it till it falls apart. Way beyond slicing. Do you need to let that rest at all, or is it pretty much once mm, it falls I mean, apart, it's, it's ready yeah, to go? Yeah, it's kind of, it ain't going to make that big a difference when you don't rest on it. So Stephen asks, um, what's the best way to trim and prep a five-and-a-half-pound picanha? Cut it into steaks or grill it whole? Man. It just depends on what you want to do because I like it whole too. I like it whole. It's I like slicing it and serving it like that. It's almost like you know, like a tri-tip kind of. But I've done it in steaks and cut it up that way too. If you're serving to individual people, you can just give them a whole piece of picanha like that. So if you cut it into you know the wide strips over the top, and cook. But it really depends on what you're going to cook it on. If you're going to do like a reverse sear on it, I'd probably cook it whole. But if you've got a spit that you're kind of doing that Brazilian style, mm-hmm. or, you know, where they kind of rot- it's rotated over hot coals or something like that, I'd probably cut it up into smaller pieces if I'm cooking over a live fire. It'll just cook faster. I mean. But I've one with a little way. fat cap on the bottom and kind of done. You can either do it on a pellet grill, bring it up slow, and then sear it at the end, or you could sear it first and then keep it slow over, like I did that tri-tip. But both of them work. There's no wrong way to cook it. Just watch your grain when you get ready to cut it up. And watch that internal temp. Yeah, don't overcook it. That's that's where you'll screw up. To me, picanha is one of the best cuts. It is flavor-wise. It's yeah, got flavor the best wise. flavor out of anything. I don't know if it's better than a ribeye, but, man, the flavor of it is amazing. Um, And you've you've cooked it cut up into the steaks and whole both ways. Where both ways are dynamite. 
Didn't you do one that was just like you cooked it like a brisket and took it like pretty far? Mm, I did a tri-tip like okay, brisket, it was a tri-tip but I didn't do a picanha like that. Kevin has sent you like a, I don't know if it was a Wagyu picanha, oh, but it was a, it was a Wagyu. It was a Wagyu picanha. And it had the fat cap on the bottom that would just melt in your mouth. That'll change your life right there. But remember, I cooked that on a drum. And when you get ready to sear it at the end, you better be ready. Because <laughs> wow. that thing's going to start raining down. When you when you take the lid off that drum and you let some air to it and the flames really go and that fat starts melting. And it just, it puts a beautiful crust on it, but it does it in a split second. It don't take long when it starts going. You'll have a fireball. Man, it smells so good too. It seasons that drum up. It's got all that beef fat cooking down in those coals. It is. I mean, it's one of the finer things in life. Yes, we've been very lucky to eat some of the meat. That we've most had of to it's eat. came from butcher <laughs> yeah, shop yeah. too. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that we have not done that should be on our list is those stu- stuffed smoked shotgun shells. I, you know, I just never got into that. Yeah, fad. I just can't imagine that shell. Getting soft. Getting soft enough. Me too. I mean, I love a good manicotti or a stuffed shell or something like that. But I, I want the texture of it to be, you know, a little I more now dente. I don't want it to be. And I just imagine stuffing those shells and doing that to them. They're still going to be a little, little squiddy, little, little, little <laughs> chewy, like calamari. So do you think that um, you parboil it? I don't think so. I think they're just loading them hard. Like filling them up right out of the box. And then just smoking them? And then just wrapping them and baking them wrapping and putting them on pit them. and cooking them. If you want me to try it, I'll try it. I want to try to see if the shell gets soft. Soft or not? Yeah. Because if you bite into it and it cracks instead yeah. of, you know. I like, so manicotti, stuffed manicotti is like one of my favorite Italian dishes. And I just can't imagine that being anywhere close to really good manicotti. Italian meals for Christmas. But we've done that before at our yeah. family. Because you're tired. You're ready for something different after after Thanksgiving. You know, all the turkeys and dressings and all that stuff. and Do something different on Christmas. We might do that this year. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm always down. Do a good we can go south Italian. of the border Christmas, too. I like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you serve the margaritas, we can do that. <laughs> I know. That's, see, that's a real good reason to break out the Christmas margaritas. Uh, you know, we're not doing traditional. We're going to do kind of Mexican-themed Christmas. It's going to be great. Trust me. I have a, this isn't Mexican, it's Italian, but I have a spinach gratin recipe that I use for Italian side dish. To it's me, it's one of the better dishes I do. For some reason, lasagna. I guess it's because it's like family style and lasagna feeds a lot of people and it just seems like something you would eat during Christmas when all your relatives are visiting and stuff. So Italian just makes sense to me. And then it's a good excuse to break out all the wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It all has to revolve around a little bit of inebriation to deal with folks. <laughs> That's the trick. That's what That's Christmas the is trick. all about. That's what Christmas is all about. Staying half lit to deal with yeah. grandma. Yeah, airing grievances. <laughs> Feats of strength. I think on Festivus you are supposed to have uh, a, an Italian dish. Isn't that, wasn't that one of the rules of Festivus? Yeah. So Festivus, what is Festivus, Mount? It's it's a magical holiday right before Christmas. It's the twenty third of December. It started <laughs> in New York, I'm pretty sure. Not sure which borough, but that's where it started with Frank Costanza. It's a Seinfeld thing. Malcolm what was he White. fighting? He was fighting over some toy that year, and he got disgruntled with Christmas, and so he decided he was going to make his own holiday called Festivus. It's Christmas for the rest of us. Festivus. They have feats of strength. They have airing of grievances. They eat some kind of Italian dinner. And they celebrate the Festivus pole. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of having a Christmas tree, they just have a pole in a mount. And I guess you can ornate it if you want to. Or is it just a plain pole? It's just a pole. Tinsel is distracting. <laughs> That's what Frank says. <laughs> Show my age watching Seinfeld. It still comes on every day. Like, you can go watch it probably right now. They're running a marathon somewhere. It's kind of, you realize how old you are when I say make jokes and, like, Tyler and them don't get it. I have a clue what we're talking about. And I'm like, Seinfeld? And they're like, what's on? I've seen that on. my dad talking about MASH. (laughs) (laughs) Back when MASH was on. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get that. Radar and that other goofy dude. 
I tried. <laughs> it was not funny to me. This is our last podcast, Mel. Is there anything you're looking forward to? What what's, what are you looking forward to the most? For Christmas or just? For the next couple of weeks. And do not say hunting. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm the most looking forward to. <laughs> sitting in a deer stand. Quality time. Just sitting there hanging out with you, Shell. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. No, yeah, I'm going to do a lot of hunting. Um, yeah, what I'm else? Uh, what What are you cooking for Christmas? I, I honestly don't know yet. Yeah, we haven't really. I haven't sat down and figured out because I've got to. We've got to make the next schedules. We got, I guess, two weeks that we'll have to sit down and schedule out because I've, I've so like tomorrow I'm leaving going out of town. I won't be back till late Sunday probably, and then the next week, you know, it'll be Christmas to be on us. Yeah, it will be. My family coming in that weekend, so I'll have to figure out everything I'm going to do. But I've got. I know I've got a big brisket in the freezer. So I'm probably going to take it out, thaw it out. And I'll usually do um, some pork loins. Your mom likes those, and she likes the beef tenderloin, so I usually try to do some stuff like that. Not So excluding Christmas dinner, what are you cooking like for me? I don't Whatever you want, maybe. <laughs> I'll cook you whatever you want. All you got to do is say it. Last night I cooked you some delicious pork chops. You did? How'd you do those? <laughs> I just... See, uh, seasoned them up, browned them in a little, browned them in a skillet, and took them out and threw them in the oven, let them come up to temperature, maybe a little pan sauce, and stopped them about 135 so they'd carry over a little bit. And it's perfectly cooked pork chop. They were perfectly cooked. They were a little spicy, but I kind of like that. Put a little, yeah, I hit them with a little prime beef and a little uh, TX. But it was a little steak rub, not TX, just to give them some texture on the outside. And that steak, steak Both rub's got some crack, crack. Pretty good cracked peppers, different kinds of peppercorns in it, so it gives it a little bit of pop of heat. But no, I'll cook you whatever you want. I'll help you make sausage balls. <laughs> You're gonna have to help me a lot. You get it easy. I mean, not easy because you got a broke arm, but yeah. no, not much is expected now, so you don't have to do all the cooking. I say we go out to dinner. There you go. <laughs> I'm down for that. La Siesta it is. <laughs> well, Mount, that's all I have for you today. Tyler, we ended our contest, right? On the Yeah, so we ended yeah. our contest, guys. So that's not to say sorry, hold on, let me cut this. <coughs> sorry. We ended our contest over on the Let's Get to Cooking community page. So that's not to say you guys shouldn't hang out over there. Obviously, this is our last episode of season six, but we will be hanging out in the Let's Get to Cooking community during this break, commenting, liking. Not to mention, everybody else is going to be sharing their Christmas recipes over there, so you should be sharing your Christmas recipes over there, too. We'll be doing lots of more giveaways and stuff. Looking forward to it in 2024. So head on over to facebook.com forward slash group forward slash H2Q community if you guys want to be a part of that awesome group of people. Yeah, you have to get people to post their Christmas grill pics. If you get a new grill for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Throw it on that community. Let's see that shiny thing. I'm hoping I'm going to have a black stone to post on. Look okay. out. Oh, is that what you're asking for? Well, I'm, it's what I'm hoping stone. Santa brings. I'm asking for a, a, a little kindling splitter that I can use for my fire pit. It's fire, all I got is big logs, so I want one of those little kindling splinters. You can put the log in and hit it with the hatchet and it split it up for you. Make me some nice size little splits. Are you saying that because you know... <laughs> it's already hit the I've house. already asked for it. That's what I'm asking for. Amazon just shipped the splitter. Didn't put it in a box. Didn't do nothing. They stuck a label on the splitter. So I'm getting that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was sitting outside when we came home. I was like, well. Yay. I didn't see the hatchet, though. Oh, uh, I thought the hatchet came with the splitter. I doubt it. <laughs> Maybe next year, Mount. And a blowtorch. Flamethrower. Where do you find one of those? I don't know. Does Academy have that? No, Mark Williams has one that we tested out when we were doing the Out the Smoke stuff. I don't know. Okay. I don't remember where he got that from, but you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The flamethrower? Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> I thought you were talking about, like, the Elon Musk. Oh, not that a, would be cool, too. Now. Not yeah, a flamethrower. The Tesla, no. the not yeah. a flamethrower flamethrower? <laughs> yeah, that would be cool, too. That's a serious one. Yeah, that's a. I'm just talking about one to light a fire pit with or a grill. That one's the apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
run the zombies off, <laughs> off <Yeah>. your gate. <laughs> I need to defend the gate. I could use one of those. <laughs> or we're going to seed something. I need to burn a nest out. But. Well, Shell, it's been a fun 2023. We will be back, the good Lord's willing, in 2024 to crank this day back up. I don't know if you've set a date yet, but it'll be sometime. TBD. Yeah. It'll be indigenous. I'm sure Tyler's going to come up with the best of edition. Yep. Show some of those fantastic recipes. I don't know. Oh, I should. you should have asked me what was my favorite recipe of the year. What's your favorite recipe of the year, Malcolm? Man, I think it's going to be those single bone ribs. Who would have thought that? Those were so damn good. Did you char grilled? Yes. They were, they were good. really good. So good. Single bone ribs. Who would have thought that? I'm trying to think what else you cooked this year. The brat burger was good too with the mustard glaze. That brat burger was killer. Yeah, that was a good one. It was better than a regular burger. That goes way back. Well, now I got to look it up real quick. Um, I did the Mardi Gras king cake. That was probably the first one back. You know, that would be a good holiday recipe. What? The booty and king cake. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it is a holiday recipe. You do it for Mardi Gras. Yeah, but like a Christmas holiday <clears throat> recipe. Can you find king cake this time of year? I don't think so. You I'd can get make... Kringles. They come from like a Wisconsin. <laughs> Kringles. It's, it's, it's pretty much a bar. It's, I thought it's it was like just like cake. layered and wasn't stuffed. It's not usually stuff. I mean, now they have different stuff in them. Like, you ever had a Kringle? They're really good. Really good. It's kind of like a flat king cake with a bunch of different stuff on top of it. You did burrito tacos. Those were those were fantastic. Those are money. Yeah. Well, Shell, those will be in the highlight reels, hopefully. <laughs> if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. TikTok and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. All right. We all have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy New Year. We're going to roll this 23 year out and come back next year fresh and reloaded. We gone.